0: And he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive. Someone said alive. He disobeyed God. And utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag. And the best of the sheep and of the oxen. And of the fatlings and the lambs. And all that was good and would not utterly destroy them, but everything that was vile and refuse that they destroyed utterly. I'm preaching from this subject tonight, and I know that I have to be careful because I'm using a negative title So my main title is this victories that produced defeat victories that produced defeat, but I don't want to leave us in a place of defeat tonight. I want to help us to understand how we can keep that very thing from happening to us. How many want to avoid defeat spiritual or otherwise and walk in victory And I really do believe, and I don't mean this arrogantly, and the Lord knows my heart, but I really do believe that this message could change somebody if they would allow the Lord to speak to them in these moments that we have together. Could we place our Bibles down? I know we've shouted and danced and had a move of the Lord, but could we just... Could we just quietly lift our hands and say, Lord, speak to me tonight? Could we do that? Lord, in your name, God, we know that sometimes you speak to us in the fire. and Sometimes it's the whirlwind. But God, I pray that you would get a hold of us through whatever means necessary tonight, Lord. Because God, I know that somebody here, their relationship with you is hanging in the balance, Lord. And I pray that they would choose that thing which is right. That they would serve you with all, 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 all of their heart. In the name of Jesus. Someone said in Jesus' name. Someone else said in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing, worshiping. You may be seated. Many years ago... A preacher made a statement that has stuck with me for all of these years. And he made a distinction between victory and deliverance. Victories may only be temporary, but deliverance is forever. It is possible to enjoy victories and yet never be fully delivered. In fact, there are victories that actually produce defeat later on down the road. We often preach about the crucial victory that took place at Jericho. They marched and they shouted and the walls crumbled. It was a tremendous victory. It's one of the first stories that I ever remember from my childhood in Sunday school because it's a victory that is so profound, just the imagery of those great walls crashing down at the feet of people who were shouting unto God with a voice of triumph. It creates A mental picture in our mind that is inspiring and powerful. But you better be careful uh, about accepting things. And you've got to be careful when you begin to think about the victories that happened in that day and in that time. Because it's important that you understand that there were were defeats that came out of that very victory. There were three defeats that came out. Out of that victory, number one, there was a man by the name of Achan who was an individual who after Joshua had heard the voice of God and he told the people, he said that the city is cursed of God and all of the things within the city are cursed of God. And so what I want you to do is. After the victory comes, you are not to partake of the spoils of victory for yourselves. But there was a man by the name of Achan after he shouted and after the walls came down and he had enjoyed the victory that God gave him as he went into the city. He could not resist the temptation to take of the silver And take of the gold, and he took it when nobody was looking, when nobody was watching, and he took it into his own home those cursed things that God said I don't want you to touch it I don't want you to lay your hands on it and he took those spoils into his home and he buried them underneath his tent underneath the very place where his children were sleeping at night he he brought that sin into the same place where his wife would lay down her head to sleep at night can I tell you you better be very 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 careful that you don't start touching things that God tells you not to touch you better be very very careful the things that you allow into your home because once you begin to bring things into your home there will be consequences set into motion that you may or may not ever be able to regain control of and because he partook of the spoils that God said not to touch it invited They didn't even know it. Joshua didn't know that there was sin in the camp. It was a secret sin. That's the danger of secret sin is that often we lose corporately power and favor with God and perhaps the rest of the family of God doesn't even realize that it's happening right in their very midst and Joshua didn't even realize that there was secret sin in the camp and so he went to do battle with AI and as he went into battle expecting to have the same level of victory that he had just enjoyed at Jericho as he marched into battle he unexpectedly suffered a massive massive defeat at the hands of an inferior army I want you to know I want you to, I want to pause and just let somebody know the devil has no power over you, He has no authority over you. He is inferior to you. The blood of Jesus has already won the war. You are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. But can I tell you that secret sin will render you powerless in the face of an inferior foe. There was a great victory. And because of it, they went in with faith, expecting, expecting, expecting to see something very powerful. Very powerful. But instead, they suffered an unexpected defeat. When they came back, Joshua, who had a relationship with God, began to try to find out what it was that had created this this, this terrible this terrible downfall and this tragedy among God's people. You know, there's nothing more tragic than when God's people begin to suffer tragedy at the hands of an evil. Enemy and and as he began to search this out, he realized that there was sin in Aiken's life, and it brought a terrible defeat in Aiken's own family. Let me talk to fathers and mothers for a moment here. You you may think that you can handle some things in your life, but you better think about your children and your grandchildren because there are things that will destroy your family, and you better keep your hands off of it, sir, and, and you better not think about it, ma'am, and you better be careful what it is that you're allowing into your life because. It may begin as a victory, but produce a defeat in your life that brings your family to its knees. Mm. But it brought a a tragedy, a tragedy, a tragedy. You have to be careful. It also brought a tragedy of a man by the name of Hiel many years later, over 500 years later. Hiel uh, was... A man who decided, because remember Joshua after that great victory at Jericho. he said that this, these walls are cursed and cursed be the man who would ever rebuild the walls of Jericho. Over 500 years later, a man by the name of Haiel began to rebuild the walls of Jericho. Listen to this preacher. You better be very careful rebuilding things that God has destroyed in your life. You, you better be careful rebuilding things that the elders Had the wisdom to tear down Listen to me young person You better not despise Some of the lines That the elders drew In the sand Because they had to fight Some demons That you know nothing of And they had to pray Some things out That you don't know Anything about And you better not Rebuild things That God drove out a long, long time ago just because you live in a so-called enlightened generation that thinks that anything goes and everything's fine. You better not play with it, sir. You better not laugh at it, ma'am, because the walls of Jericho were torn down for a reason. There were things that happened in Jericho that you don't know anything about. Up and you better stay as far away from it as you can it's spiritual arrogance to believe that you can handle things that joshua could not handle praise god i knew i wasn't going to get too much shouting tonight because i'm talking about victories 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 that produce defeat you better be careful accepting things that men of God of yesteryear rejected. If God tore it down, keep it down. You see, there's a lot of people who claim to be like Nehemiah, but actually they are like Hael. They're rebuilding walls that are accursed. But there's a big difference between a Nehemiah rebuilding Jerusalem and a Hiel rebuilding Jericho. Somebody needs to get a hold of this revelation tonight. This is another message for another day. But some of you need to go home or get in this altar and make sure that you're rebuilding the right walls. Because some of you are rebuilding the walls of Jericho. And you need to get a hammer and become like a Nehemiah and start rebuilding the anointed walls of Jerusalem. Some! Somebody needs to run from Jericho and get to that blessed city of Zion and get back to a place of holiness and sanctification and joy and peace and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. Well, that's good preaching. Somebody needs to lift up your hands and say, Lord, I want to rebuild the right walls. I want to be working on a kingdom that will not rust or decay. Hallelujah! You see, it's easy to confuse the two. It's easy to get a hammer and some mortar and some brick and get a few people together and sing a few songs and get a little following and get a little crowd and feel spiritually puffed up. And you can easily convince yourself that you're Nehemiah when in fact you are working against the very thing that God is planning on doing. So every child of God has the responsibility to push against carnality and learn to distinguish the difference between the walls of Jericho and the walls of Jerusalem before it's too late. Before it's too late. Jericho's victory produced generations of defeat Because they did not do it God's way. Once they got their victory, once they got their blessing, once they came through the walls that seemed unbreakable, they became sloppy, careless, and carnal. Achan marched and shouted with a voice of triumph just like everybody else did that day. He he came to church and raised his hands just like everybody else did that day. But, but after the blessing, when nobody was looking and when the choir wasn't singing and the preacher wasn't preaching and the prayer warriors weren't praying around the altar any longer, he started playing with the allure of sin. Listen to me, church. I, I know I'm not preaching a hang from the chandelier's message tonight night. But don't take the victories that God gives you for granted. Don't ever squander the blessings of God. Never allow yourself to become puffed up with pride when God begins to tear things down in your life because it will produce defeat out of victory. Oh, Don't allow yourself to become the kind of person who gets so comfortable with God that you forget that the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed, blessed, blessed be the name of the Lord. Job had to go through some terrible things just to get to the place where he remembered that God is sovereign. Mm. Saul. Saul enjoyed a great victory over the Amalekites. But he did not finish the job that God gave him to do. God told him to kill every single Amalekite. And not just the Amalekites, but but God said that, that I want you to Destroy their things and tear down their groves and burn to ashes their places of worship to false gods. But Saul thought that he could alter God's plan without. Repercussions. Did you know one of the greatest tragedies in all of the world has been people who tried to alter God's plan and they thought that there would be no repercussions? God alone sits upon the throne. God alone is the sovereign Lord. He flung the stars into space. He poured out the mighty oceans. He carved the mountains with his own hand. And he can tell his creator Creation, anything that he pleases. When that old elder prophet Samuel. There's hardly any prophet that I enjoy studying in the Old Testament than the prophet Samuel. When he came to celebrate what should have been a joyous occasion a victory. This should have been a moment for God's people to get together and shout and sing and pull out the tambourines like Miriam did. This was supposed to be a praise break. The bass was supposed to play and the singers were supposed to get ready. And instead, as Samuel approached the camp, he heard the sound of lambs bleeding. He could see with his eyes that Agag, the Amalekite king, was very much alive in spite of what God had commanded. And that was the moment where Saul's backsliding accelerated. Saul lost God's favor because he refused to put the enemy to the sword. Listen to me for a moment. You might think that you can handle Agag, but you better put him to the sword, sir. You might think that you can handle just. A little sin here and a little pornography there and a little lust here and a little addiction there. But, sir, you better lay a gag to the sword before it's too late. I wish an apostolic would preach with this preacher tonight. It's time to stop playing games with sin. It's time to lay our puffed-up egos aside. It's time to drop our pride behind us and realize that if God says utterly destroy, Everything, then we better get everything out of our lives that He tells us. Mm. You might think that because you stand a head and shoulders taller than everybody else that you can disobey the voice of God. You might think because you're just a little bit more spiritually inclined than everybody else that you can handle a few things that lesser people can't handle. You you might think because God has given you a few victories in the past that now suddenly you're invincible. Listen to me, sir. Listen to me, ma'am. You wouldn't be where you are today if not for... For the grace and the mercy of God. And you better never forget from whence God brought you from. I've come a mighty long way. I can't go back. I've been doing this thing too long. You better get the sword of the Spirit in your hand. You better begin to align some things to the Word of God and say, Thus saith the Word of the Lord. Clap your hands. Clap your hands. Clap your hands. Mm, My, 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 my. My, 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 my. If you don't destroy Agag, your victories will eventually produce defeat. You might think that you can mix a little Amalekite worship in with your regular worship, but obedience is always, 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 always better than sacrifice. And by the way, your outward expressions of worship will never, everyone said never, the rest of us say never. Your outward expressions of worship will never be acceptable to God if you are disobedient to his word. What are you trying to say, preacher? I don't care if you can dance all over this building. When you get out of the house of God, you better align your life to the word of God. Because obedience, obedience is better than sacrifice. Now, if you've been coming around here long enough, you know that Brother Ryan likes him some sacrifice. I like the sacrifice of praise. I think it's a good thing when we gather together and magnify the name of Jesus. In fact, I think we ought to do more dancing and not less dancing. I think we ought to do more clapping and not less clapping. I think we ought to shout more than we shout. I think we ought to get excited when I think about the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me. Your soul better cry out hallelujah. Praise God for saving me. Something ought to stir inside of you when you begin to think about the blood of Jesus. But can I tell you, if that's all you've got, then you're not going to make it. You better get obedience in your heart. Because if you don't destroy Agan, Agag will retreat. He will regroup. He will be emboldened. He'll become powerful. Just a few years after Saul spared Agag, we see another battle scene in 1 Samuel. Chapter 30, just 15 verses, 15 chapters later. 30 and verse 1. And it came to pass when David and his men had come to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites, hold on, they're supposed to be dead right now. Saul was supposed to utterly destroy all of the Amalekites, but 15 chapters later, the Amalekites had invaded the south and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire, and had taken the women captive, who were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried away and took them so David and his men came to the city and behold it was burned with fire and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive that ought to stir somebody, right? That ought to stir something inside of a child of God tonight. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. That's what happens when you do not deal with sin in your life. You better get the sword out and remove it before it gets your kids, before it gets your family. Somebody ought to lift up your hands right now and say, Lord, Lord, help us. Lord, help us. Help us to deal with the sin issue, God. We need you, Lord. 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 As the musicians get ready to come. Don't come quite yet. you will always re- 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 regroup. Hey, God. Become powerful. A superbug is a strain of bacteria that mutates. And scientists and doctors are very concerned about it right now, especially with the Ebola crisis and different things of that nature. Not too many years ago, it was H1N1 and the bird flu and all of these things. Every year we have a new strain of something that scares people. And uh, they can hardly sleep at night wondering if they've got H1N1 or not. And, uh, but superbugs are a real thing. We're finding, scientists are finding that for so many years, people have been introduced to penicillins and antibiotics that people are actually developing immunity to the antidote. And so their bodies are no longer able to fight The viruses and the bacterias that we come into contact with on a daily basis and actually the bacterias are mutating and they're becoming stronger and stronger. And as we try to up the dosage, there are people not to be fearful, but there are scientists that actually worry that. That in 50 years, if, if we don't find some new breakthroughs in the world of medicine, that we actually won't have penicillins that are really able to fight some of these strains of bacteria that are mutating quickly. And, and uh, I remember it was not too many years ago that uh, I was preaching a revival. And, and uh, I became very sick and, uh, with the flu type deal. And I went to the doctor and they gave me a, an antibiotic. And, uh, you know, when you get those antibiotics, they, they give you the instructions on the side. And if you're a typical male like I am, you don't even read it. You just uh, open it up and drink the medicine and then move on with your life. Uh, and I didn't even bother to pay attention. But it said right on the side of the antibiotic, it says, Be careful to ensure that you take every dose given to you. And so what happened to me is uh, I took about six doses, and I felt good. And so I quit taking it. I had a bottle about that full, and uh, I stopped taking it. But what happened is because I did not finish the process that I was supposed to finish, I felt better, but the bacteria was only wounded. It was not destroyed. I had won a victory, but I hadn't been delivered. And so... The antibiotic made me feel better temporarily, but the bacteria in my body had had time to retreat and regroup, and when it came back, it came back with such a vengeance, I'll never forget it, because we were going in for the sonogram for my son Talmadge, and we were going in to find out if it was a boy or a girl, and I was so excited to go in there, and as we sat literally in there, as they're telling us, you're going to have a son, I thought I should be leaping for joy... But instead, I felt like I was going to die and pass out right there. Went straight from there to the hospital, spent three months in the hospital with the strain of H1N1. They told me at one point, they said, We've given you the strongest dose of antibiotic that we have. We've given you more than your kidneys can handle. And if this next dose doesn't fix the problem, we have nothing else that we can do. Your kidneys will probably shut down. We had some prayer meetings, didn't we? We had some prayer meetings because we thought that. I was literally going to die, all because I did not complete the process like I was supposed to do. Listen, you've got to be very, very, very careful that you don't allow bacteria, spiritual superbugs into your life that will creep in, and, and before you know it, you don't have power anymore. You can get to a place where preaching no longer impacts you, and conviction no longer touches your heart, and you can get to a place where you're so sick in your spirit that the can't lay his hands on you anymore and the anointing no longer touches you listen you better be very careful that you don't allow things to live in your spirit that will regroup bitterness bitterness well i don't know why i feel that in the holy ghost right now but let me just talk to somebody bitterness if you don't heal bitterness right now bitterness will regroup. It'll come back into your life and destroy you. lust. If you don't sir, you better listen to this preacher. If you don't destroy lust in your life, if you don't completely destroy it, there's going to come a time where it regroups and it comes raging back and it destroys your life. You listen to this preacher. There's some things you better get out of your life. There's some entertainment. You better completely destroy it from your life because if you don't, it's going to regroup. It's gonna get a hold of your thought process, and before you know it, you can no longer be renewed in your thinking. You better be very, very careful, allowing just a little bit of addiction to stay alive in your life. You might can handle it right now, sir, but there's coming a moment it'll regroup, it'll come back, it'll organize, and before you know it, you'll be completely bound in the grip of sin. You better get the sword out. And say, I never, I never, 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 never I'm never going back I want more than a temporary victory I want more than just one victory To make it through the night I want more than just something That gets me through the week I want deliverance Oh, somebody shout, deliverance Deliverance Praise God I'm closing with this. Have you ever wondered what it means to be more than a conqueror? We say that a lot because it's exciting. But what does it mean? I mean, if you're a conqueror, then you're a conqueror. That's pretty good. But to be more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus... Anybody else ever thought about that before? One of my good friends brought this point out to me years ago, and it stuck with me. When David, noticed the juxtaposition between David, a man after God's own heart, and Saul, a man who had been blessed by God. A man who had been given position by God allowed backsliding into his heart and into his life. But David, when he walked to the battlefield and he heard the mocking voice of Goliath, while Saul and everybody else cowered in a corner, David said, How dare he defy the living God. And by faith, he stepped out onto the battleground with just some stones and a slingshot. And the Bible says that he slung that stone and hit Goliath. And Goliath came crashing down. He ran to Goliath stood over him. In that moment, David was already a conqueror. But David realized, I don't want to just be a conqueror. I want to be more than a conqueror. And so he pulled out a sword and he cut Goliath's head off. And in that moment, he was more than a conqueror. You know what some of y'all need to do in the Holy Ghost tonight? Instead of just being content to watch the giants fall to the ground, you need to take the sword of the Spirit out and go ahead and finish the job. You need to go ahead and say, I'm not leaving anything undone. I'm going to make sure if it's the, if it's the last thing I do, I'm making sure this bad boy never gets back up i'm making sure that he never rises again some of you tonight need to get in this altar and you need to pray until goliath is totally 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 eradicated from your life stand with me all across the building